Good morning. Welcome to the C3 podcast of Candid Career Convos. And today we're talking about dating on LinkedIn when a simple hello in the messages turns into something more. Not really. Uh, <laughs> but happy Valentine's Day, Andy. Oh, okay. Happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> okay. Today, that's a good one. This is why you don't let me do the introduction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, today we're going to actually be talking about career paths. We talk about these career paths and they show these trajectory lines and your career is not an arrow. It's a path. I think both of us really have a lot to say on that matter. And uh, I'm your host, Jessica Richardson, and we're here with Andy Bowden, your co-host. We're ready to get into this topic. I'm going to hand it over to Andy to kick off because he has a really good story to start this off with. I I have a couple. One, I'll start with the, the, what I call the involuntary job change path. And kind of to preface all that is there's a lot of reasons why people have job changes, career path changes, and some are planned, some are unexpected. Kicking off my unexpected one after many years at where I was at uh, and had been promoted uh, and and actually, you know, as some of you may know, I started out my career in finance and I had the opportunity to move over into a business role owning a P&L profit and loss statement. And very exciting for me. I'd really done a lot of a lot of interaction being co-located with this business unit. The vice president asked me to move over and help them move along with their product management. That was going on great for almost a year. Uh, certainly it, it wasn't my first time as a as a people manager, but it was more that really executive role where the pressures start to change. Uh, I, I certainly felt pressure. I felt uh, I, I did well in some cases. I made mistakes in some cases, but uh, I really was looking, this vice president was sort of a mentor to me. Uh, lo and behold, though, he retired early. He took a reti- early retirement package, therefore brought in a new vice president who was from a very different background, mm-hmm. business-wise, had very different ideas, and therefore reorganized the group. And pretty much forced me to move over and really down uh, where I lost my executive title. I lost my executive privileges. Uh, I was put in a role, though, that felt like I could still kind of get back to that pretty quickly. In the end, that didn't happen. But I guess the, the part of that was that, you know, unexpected style of that particular executive making changes to the group pretty quickly. Uh, without much of understanding who we, what we're doing, who we were, what styles we were used to. He just sort of a bull in a china shop, I'll say, and therefore really altered unexpectedly. And I'll say it was almost as bad as getting laid off unexpectedly because it's such mm-hmm. a shock to the system. It is. When you're basically told, we're going to move you over. And then as time goes on, you find out, well, not just over, but down. Yes. And I, you know, part of it was, I realized too late what had happened to me. It was such a shock. Many months later, I realized, wow, that, that is, that it was just really going to, uh, I thought it would ruin my career. It did at the moment, but it hasn't, because I think the more important part of that is in, it, I learned how to deal with it. And I learned how to, how to make the best of it. Looking back, I, I wish it hadn't happened to me. I, regret not making a change. I think it was, mm-hmm. you know, you also got to factor your personal status where, where, where we were 
in our family, I was not ready to go and make a move and go out and find a new job. Right. But looking back, I should have. Anyway, anyways, that's it's one where again things happen like that. We're in business, you've got a lot of reorganizations and you know, different managers, different executives have different ideas how they run it. They want to bring in their own people uh, at times. And if you're caught that and you're not one of those people, then it teaches one to be ready at, at any given time for something like that. I mean, it's a pretty disruptive right. thing in your career. And, and so I had no choice in the matter of what happened in the near term. Longer term, I realized I had more choices. Did I take them? All of them? No. I, I just kind of moved on, laid back on the security of, of having a job and understanding, you know, maybe I'll have a chance to do it. But it took me a lot longer than I think it could have, should have, to get back to kind of, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I would say, you know, a people manager and, and just kind of getting, I wouldn't say I even got back on the path. I got on a different path, but it took me a yeah. long time to get on a different path feeling confident enough to then steer that path instead of letting someone, because I let someone steer it, someone else steering it for me for four or five years. And it really, it really, uh, very disruptive. Yes. So, you know, that is something I really hear from people that I work with, especially here in Houston where there's acquisitions and it's a M&A is such a big part of our, our scene, whether that is tech or whether it is, oil and gas or whether it is manufacturing, there is a, or or finance, there is a lot of M&A and and acquisitive activity there. And I've worked with so many people, friends and clients who have just gone with the tide of their career. They really haven't steered the boat. It's just going really fast and changing with these, with these changes in leadership and changes in, um, organization and they feel swept along with it and are just trying to avoid the rocks. You know, you, you mentioned something about felt like you weren't in a good place to change, but you should have. And I think that we've seen a big change in that, a big shift in that with this new generations, because when you're talking with people who are 40 plus, you are dealing with people who were taught to stick and park it. Five years was the, it wasn't. Now we're saying, okay, hey, three years is great tenure. Back then it was five or six. 10 years, but you didn't want to stay more than 10 years because if you stayed more than 10 years, you weren't employable with anybody else. And we had these real randomly constructed rules that did nothing but put this honest on the job seeker to stick somewhere that they weren't happy or they weren't getting what they were wanting. And it was, you know, you kind of wonder who was putting that advice out. And I don't think it was on behalf of, of job seekers. <laughs> right. No, not at all. And you've seen this great shift where people aren't, and I think you see too much of it in some cases where, where people aren't thinking about what they want. And we talked about that kind of floating around, but certainly there's no reason to have to, if there's this big career shift or change within your organization, if it doesn't work for you, then the job no longer works for you. And it is perfectly okay to go say, Hey, I'm going to, to shift this way. But when you look at your career and where you are now, you are so far up that ladder from where you started you didn't stay on one ladder. You jumped from ladder to ladder to ladder, even within the same organization. Yeah. And that's most people. That's that's probably most people's story. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there for sure. It's, it's it's one trying to find oneself of what do they want to do and continually test that younger 20s and 30s that 
first of all, there's no stigma anymore about staying and moving around, but do it productively, as I'll say. You know, I think in a few few episodes back, I talked about someone who has moved four times in three years since college, but they're moving up. They're they're definitely being successful with what they're doing. Ivanista is doing very well in her. I don't know what she's willing to. I mean, tell how old she is, but after 10 plus years out of college, she's doing very well for herself and she's moved around. She, I think the point is one recognizes, you know, you can move around and, and be productive and, and make use of it. And is it always up? No, it can be sideways. And I think that's the other side of it is when someone then, and then maybe you get farther up in the upper 50s when people's careers are starting coming in and and they may regret, regret what they've done and realize, boy, I missed the boat. And I know you mm-hmm. were, you know, thinking, you are speaking about that earlier, which I'd love yep. to hear more about, you know, your thoughts on when someone gets to a point and goes, huh, wh- I, why didn't I do what I want to do 20 years ago or whatever that aha moment was or is? So I have worked with people and I can give you specific examples. I worked with somebody who was an executive at um, one of the EY locations and um, not in Houston, but one of the EY locations. And they'd been with EY their whole career. Like they had started there, they had progressed there, and they may have started one of the other four and, and, and moved over at some point in time. But basically their whole career, they had been at EY. They were a uh, exec at EY. And then they were like, I've done this. I've topped out what I can do here. There's really no space for me. I don't know what to do next. I don't like where I am now in my progression. And I'm ready. I'm ready to do something else. But my whole life, I've been told this is my this is my arrow, you know, and this is the arrow and I've followed the arrow and I don't know what to do now. I don't know how I I don't want to do big four anymore. I don't want to. But where do my skills, where do my talents fit? So you can kind of either face that in your 20s or you can face that in your 40s and 50s. And it's not any easier in your 20s than it is in your 50s. There's no good time to do it. I've also worked with people who were in their 35 40 and had had followed the same trajectory of something that they hated and they kept thinking hey tomorrow I'm gonna love it (laughs) I'm going to get to a a spot where at some point in time I really like it and I've been in sales and I'm a VP of sales and I, I really don't like this and I'm tired of being a producer but I don't know what to do now and I don't know how to get out of this production and 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 cold calling situation and and yeah I've done well in it but I can't there's, this isn't meshing with my personality and I don't know how to get into a different, a different uh, place. That's when we're like, oh, let's network, network, network. But, and then, and there's truth to that. And that is what needs to happen when you're doing those major shifts. Consider when, when I talk to these people, instead of considering making these huge breaks, let's look at making minor shifts. There are things that affect jobs and that can be a change of your job, you can have kids, medical issues, all that. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't had kids yet, they're going to change your career trajectory. There's no, and it, one of y'all is going to have to, to deal with it. And you either decide to be the working parents and you have a kid in um, daycare from six to six, or you have one person take a remote job and then you're trying to juggle Zooms and kids. They're never convenient. They're just wonderful. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. Is is family considerations yes. are, are part of it. it? It's goes true that even if you successfully navigated that part, and then you get a career opportunity, 
do you want to do it? You know, I mean, yeah. I, how I, is that I, going to affect your family or your parents right. who need medical care or who are aging and you need to be in the same region as them, but you got this great opportunity that would bring your career forward that's in another state. Luckily, we're seeing some shift with that, with the ability to do remote and remote hybrid that's allowing people to better encompass the needs of a, of a whole person rather than an employee. But sometimes, you know, you, you're ready to pivot or your hobby becomes your job. I mean, you're, you're talking to that. My side job became my job in uh, 2020 because honestly, I had burned out. And it had nothing to do with where I worked. I loved where I worked. I loved the people I worked with. But I was remote schooling a kid. I was producing at a high level. I had all these, all these things going on, you know, working 60 hours a week, remote schooling a kid in the middle of a pandemic. And, and honestly, it's my personality to, I had, I had kind of stepped back from business ownership several times. I had gotten right to the brink of it and stepped back because it's scary. And it took the pandemic and the stress of the pandemic. I mean, I figured I could hardly be more stressed. (laughs) And so so I jumped and that's been been a wonderful thing. But I can honestly say that was the first time in my life that I truly leaped. But when you look at my career and most of us aren't, you know, there's for as many people that are in EY or the Fortune 500 uh, HP or whatever, there's somebody working for Widgets R Us, which is a mid-sized business with five or six uh, national locations, or or you know law law firm near me with four or five local locations. Those those kind of things, and that mid-sized business, and that's where I grew up. So if you look at my career, I can tell you the threat. The threat is communication. The threat is leadership. The threat is team building and and all those good things. But I started out working in college in, in, in a bank. And then I worked in an accounting office after that and loved it, but I'm not a back office person. I really like the people interaction and, and, and being out and being moving around, so to speak. Right. So I got shifted into HR and loved it. I loved HR, but I didn't like telling people, I, I didn't like the process side of HR. And that is pretty much 80% of HR, <laughs> the <laughs> process side. Does this person really need a need a red swing line stapler kind of thing right. showing my age there but um, <laughs> I get that and then they wanted to move me into benefits and I was doing recruiting and things and then they wanted to move me into benefits administration and that sounded like a level of hell for me for others that is something they love I, I just that that I hated doing benefits I really liked the recruiting and the event side because I was working with employee engagement and recruiting so I moved from there to managing when I when we moved to South Carolina I started off completely over because I had no network. I didn't know anybody. We had just gotten married. And so I, I found work planning events out on a resort island. And if any of you ever watched the PGA, it was out on Kiowa Island in South Carolina. And I loved it. And I started just as a coordinator, you know, and worked my way up into managing their entire rec program, along with the director, uh, managing their entire rec program, including all the events, all the uh, amenities, just a whole, just a whole lot. That that uh, role encompassed a whole lot, and I really enjoyed it. But it gave me operations, events, a lot of communication because I managed the member services function for the recreation department, and I got the opportunity to start on a master's. I wanted to start on my master's, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to get an MBA, which because I had a business degree, 
or what I wanted to do, but they had, they have the College of Charleston had a wonderful communication program. I really love communication. I don't know if y'all know that. If any of y'all know me, I think it probably comes through. I like to talk. I like to write. I like to sing. If it's communication, I like to do it. So I started that. And that really set me on a wholly different trajectory because I had loved the event side, but I loved the marketing and comms of the event side and the, and the recreation and the operations. I really loved the marketing and the events. Pivoted from that to managing marketing for a multinational nonprofit. Did that for several years. And then we had had Aiden, or my, my child, and we a year in realized we were living so far away from the majority of our family. And we just, we did, that wasn't sustainable. And we wanted him to grow up closer to his grandparents, just like we had grown up with our family. So we left again and just moved 1,100 miles back. Um, And luckily my husband was able to get a job first. He got a job um, back here in Houston, but I kind of left and just hoped for the best of my career. I transitioned out my company, worked with him for three months. And then while I was trying to decide my next step, we were finally in a place as a family where we had stable income, you know, now at that point, you're, when you get to mid thirties, you start seeing that stable income, disposable income, all those things that, that you've been working towards. So I was able to just sit back and take a breath. And I started freelance and teaching at one of the local colleges because I had taught at College of Charleston as well. So I was teaching at one of the local colleges, freelancing, and then moved from that. I did that for about a year and then got recruited into a resume company which was a wonderful place. But then I realized how all of the things that I had done really went together. I knew how to run the operations of a business. I knew how to market a business. I knew how to put together all sorts of content because I had been freelancing for content writing. So I knew how to put together executive summaries and proposals and resumes and bios and, and investor materials. So, you know, you name it, I could do that. Plus I could run the the business side. And so I think all of that really set up to when, when 2020 happened, I was ready, you know, I was ready. And when I look at my ladder, I'm on a ladder, five ladders down from the ladder I started on, but I am way, way up, up that ladder and I have a ways to go. And I don't think you should ever stop climbing that ladder, you know, until you're ready, ready to stop, but I may never be ready to stop. But when I look at that ladder, that, that, child started climbing <laughs> so many yeah. years ago you know it's 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 amazing to see the distance so I think sometimes we're we're so busy looking at what rung we're on that we don't realize there's a ladder right next to us yeah no and I think that's a great analogy because the, the what I've looked at over the last 15 20 years is is from the result of being heads down the early part of my career or just like grinding away to to, you know, quote unquote, make it to the top. And I, I ended up having a, one of these high school reunions or a college reunion and, and talked to a guy and we both uh, had these aspirations in college. His was, he wanted to be something to do in music in Hollywood. I was, I want to be a financial analyst at a Wall Street company or a big corporation. We both got there within the first 10 years of our careers. And then as we discussed later on, we're like, we all both both got to the point of then what do we do? He found his way. I I found mine and mine was a little bit of what I described earlier. It's like, oh, I don't want to do finance all the time. I want to get into something else, which I got the opportunity within the company I was with. But I guess where I was headed with this is then it's, I think it's important to 
because it was blinders, right. the way I look at it now, versus what I tell anyone today is look around. Uh, and in your analogy is look for other ladders. And again, yeah, they may be, you need to go sideways or maybe even down to get over to the next ladder. And then you go up. You know, I'm even at a point where I'm not thinking about going up. I'm thinking about going out in terms of, you know, now I'm at a point where I'm getting involved in so many other things in and out of my career. Uh, And part of it was, uh, again, uh, going through another layoff and reorganization. It's never easy going through any kind of layoff, but I had, I had realized after the second layoff, like I was doing something that was interesting. I got that job because I wanted to stretch myself. It was something different. It got me into social media. I, I didn't do Twitter or that, but I now I do that a lot, as, as you know. It, it's also got me into some other types of business and marketing, but I'm sort of glad looking at it like, okay, I was let go, but you know, I was also already thinking, okay, I've kind of done this and I get it. It's a taste mm-hmm. of what I want to do. Is it what I want to do for the rest of my career? No. So I was already looking when I got laid off. And luckily, that's when I left into trying to do my own consulting practice because that layoff also was a lot of our partners had uh, let the contracts were let go. And so they were on their own. They needed marketing advice. I thought, hey, I'll get in the startup business and I'll try to be a fractional marketer for them. It was off and rolling because I had some people I already had relationships with. But then the pandemic hit and eventually that everyone's mm-hmm. funding went away. But it also made me, again, try something different. And I guess my point to any of those listening to our podcast on this episode is that you should always be looking around, looking for something different that interests you. And, and even if you're in a great place in your career and where you're working, you're doing what you want to do, that may not last. And again, it, I'd, I'd rather we ourselves make those decisions before someone makes it for us. Because that's really where you can get caught off guard when someone else is making that decision and you're not ready or you don't have a network or as you know, as, as we like to call it now, a community that you built up. And, and that's where, that's what I've been doing. I'm in, I've got three or four different things that may be my adult ADD coming out, but I'm like, I feel much better about doing, juggling so many things because I, I have the capacity, I developed the capacity to do that. And, and so yeah. anybody I recommend along these lines or continually cultivate your interest, always look for something. And in today's world, and I go, I know, you know, my college age sons are, uh, they're like, oh, sure, if I have to switch over, no problem. That is the way of the world today. Everything is also more remote. There's different attitudes than those in their 40s and 50s or older versus younger. But I think it's important for anyone to always find what they like to do if they haven't found it already or find out and think ahead if you can or anticipate what you might do if something changes, if life life happens. You know, that's a, a great phrase. Yes. I, I even think about, uh, I don't know, anyone follows Sarah Blake Morgan on Twitter. She's a journalist. I don't know how old she is, but I think she's probably mid-30s. She just joined the military. She just got mm-hmm. commissioned in, in, in the Army Reserve. Awesome. And she talks about things that reminds me of Pat Tillman, who was an NFL football player who after 9-11, wanted to go in the Army, and he became an Army Ranger. Unfortunately, he was killed in action. But uh, things like that, you just it seemed like, the, in their cases, they had a call to duty. 
Uh, and yes. it, it wasn't something they had. It was a, within a very short amount of time, they just had this change. And again, a takeaway of anyone, it's, it's hard to be ready for that because sometimes you just have this light bulb in your head that goes, I want to really do that. And right. go pursue and it. And you can, you can. Yeah. You don't have to wait. To, if you think, I really want to do that, find a way to do it on the side or find a way to pivot to it. So yeah. I was, you know, that reminded me, I was on, uh, we had, we fell victim to, uh, we're, we're, we're late adopters, but we fell victim to 2020 and got a Peloton earlier this year. So I'm riding the other day, riding, riding along and I'm listening to the instructor and she said, yeah, I used to be an attorney and um, it just wasn't working for me. So now I'm a Peloton instructor Yeah, yeah. and she's killing it and she's awesome. And she's able to take the, the things that probably made her good in a courtroom and put it to use in the Peloton environment, teaching classes. And that's, that's wonderful. So if there's something you have a strong desire to do, yes, you need to one, have the skills to do it. So if you, you say, oh man, I always wanted to code. Don't, don't quit. Don't quit your job teaching music and go code when you have no background in it, right. but start learning it or look sideways. If you, if you have been in a, a production role or a um, project management role, and you really want to be on the strategy side of things, look for ways to, to make that shift or vice versa. You know, I really like to see a project through to completion. I'm tired of, I've ha I had that client. I had somebody say, hey, I, I really am tired of giving people the setup and then not watching them follow through. I want to be the implementer to make sure that it goes through. So they wanted to switch from strategy to project, project management. And so look for ways to do that that don't involve huge breaks. You can look at an incremental shifts and take a year or two years and you may have two jobs in those two years. Who cares? This yeah. is a different world. Have the two jobs find the job that you want to park it at if you want to park it at somewhere for a while. Yeah, You don't I, have to have another five-year job if it's a transition job. I heard a phrase the other day, something now I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it, it's very apropos to what you said and what we're saying is, you don't need to abandon your career or abandon your plans. You might need to alter it. And more mm -hmm. often than not, you need to probably alter it. And I think that's the important thing is that if you have a desire to do something different or things are just percolating in your mind that I really want to get somewhere, I don't know exactly where to do it. Again, take classes, start experimenting, talk to others in that area, uh, you know, and, and maybe you need to take a, a a different job on your way to get to eventually the job you want or, and that's or great. A, a new career path. Yeah. It's not even fun. That's great. It's forward right. progress. It's sideways forward progress, but sideways yeah. forward progress is still forward progress. Yeah. It's and a and path, I guess not an arrow. Right. Right. It's a <laughs> path, not an arrow. And that, which I thought was a great because I think those the, the world has changed for the most part where it's not always in a graphical sense. I was saying it's up and to the right, right? It's just like that representation of progress and it's not always up and to the right and and or if there was ever uh most important to anyone listening i would tell that make as much or take on as much control as you can it's you that gets to determine where you want to get to or where you're at whether you want to stay there or not instead of letting others have that saying like i said you know I, i'd rather have me make the decision than someone make it for me and, You're uh, the captain of your career. You don't have to right. go along with the tide. 
So that's that's been about our 30 minute mark, Jessica. Uh, any oh, wow. last <laughs> closing comments you have around the, the arrow and the path, the path in the arrow? I, I think that's it. You are not limited. You are in charge of your career. You don't have to follow this trajectory that's been given to you or that you think is is right. Look at different ways to achieve the same goal. There's always 15 ways from A to Z and you don't have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You can go whatever path it takes if you if you get to Z just like you want to. And you may wind up at, at Q or, or you may wind up at 42. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too. It is, you, you'll still get where you're going. Here's another analogy. It may even be a different language with a different mm-hmm. alphabet, you know, and that's the better you can recognize that to me, the better off you can be in terms of this is what I want to do or I'm, I'm getting to the place I want to get to for that's right. X number of years down somewhere down the road. I know where I want to get. So I think that's really important. So, okay. Well, that sounds like that's a wrap. A great session again. We'll just leave it at that and hope to see you all next week. Oh, next week. Tell them next week. We have uh, Go ahead. Uh, Kamara Toffolo and Anthony, Anthony Jones. Jones coming. So yes. we are really excited. This is going to be, be our first guest speaker, which is going to be very exciting. So uh, stay tuned and hopefully uh, hearing this, we'll book this for our podcast yep. next week. The week next of week. February Learn 21st. about LinkedIn with the experts. Uh, LinkedIn and brand your, your brand, what your own personal brand, which we'll have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about with uh, those two for sure. <laughs> All right, great. We'll have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week.